La pendule fait tic-tac, tic-tic. Les oiseaux du lac, pic-pac, pic-pic. Glou-glou-glou font tous les dindons. Et la jolie cloche, ding-ding-dong. Mais boum, quand notre cœur fait boum. Tout avec lui dit boum. Et c'est l'amour qui s'éveille. Rugby friends and welcome to a new edition of the French Rugby Connection podcast with moi Veronique Nadieu and with moi Tom Dixon. Tom, that was such a wonderful rugby weekend. <laughs> I'm still on cloud nine, I have to say, you know, with the unexpected victory of La Rochelle. Unexpected or did you predict just that? I did predict, of course, because, you know, I'm very good. I've got a sixth sense. I know which team I like to, to win. But unexpected because they were playing against Leinster in the Aviva Stadium. Indeed. A match that has humiliated France during the Six Nations and Toulouse during the semi-finals, And La Rochelle did it. And wow, what, what a manière. Uh, it started, Leinster were absolutely brilliant. Nobody in the world could have beat them playing like that. It was a lot of school schoolroom learning, but they knocked in three tries. And they were 17-0 up after, what, 11 minutes? 12 minutes. It was three <sighs> tries were scored. The first try that was scored by Sheehan yes was called after under under one minute yes. oh, uh, incredible very very smart well and it then... did world-class smartness isn't it they, they had rehearsed it they had seen that that's where an opening could be they'd done their homework and the whistle went and they implemented it and steamrolled la rochelle Yeah, for the 12 minutes. And then, you know, obviously, after three tries, they thought, enough is enough. Okay, guys, you know, let's fix this issue. And Dante, the wonderful Dante, managed to score the first try after 20 minutes, followed by 78 minutes. So, there have half, no, it was much healthier. It was still horrible being 17-0 down to Leinster at, at Dublin and then being... 23-14 down to Leinster. But, so there were nine points behind at half-time. Do you know what the score was last year at half-time? Uh, I'm guessing it was tighter than that. It it was eight points down at right. half-time. So they had been staring a bit in the, in the face. And what character from La Rochelle to fight back with Dante and Sertini. But for Ronan Agar at half-time, he was able to say, well, there's only a point difference to this stage last year. So pull it together, boys, and let's get a win out of it. Yes. So it's history repeating it. It's deja vu all over, all over again. And I wish I would have been a fly in that changing room during half-time. Apparently, um, Ronan Ogara, Rog, was quite measured in his speech delivery, finding that hard to, to believe. But what he did is that he really reached out to the belief of his, of his players. You know, it did instill, you know, a confidence in them. And one, one feedback I read in L'Equipe from Audrey, Audrey said that when they did a toss, The uh, the captain didn't look him in the eye, the Irish captain, and he felt it was a bit of a disrespect, you know. Let's not forget, 10 years ago, they were playing the Pro D2 
So yeah. the lower league of the French or the French rugby league. And uh, they, they, they came about and uh, gradually, you know, they've climbed up and up and up. And over the last two years, you know, last year, they became for the first time the, the Champion Cup. So the year before, they were finalists against uh, Toulouse. And in previous years, I remember once they played against uh, Bristol and my friends from Bristol really didn't give too much credit at all to <laughs> La Rochelle. And I told them, beware, beware. <laughs> but you now a wonderful, wonderful team spirit and wonderful belief, you know, from, from the team, especially, you know, having yeah. lag behind Neil to 17. Yeah, extraordinary. Who knows whether the captains looked at each other in the eyes or not as they shook hands, but uh, it's a great story for Greg Aldrich to wind his team up to say they're not respecting us. This is uh, what everyone wants in their team to, to feel aggrieved, to get stuck in. And they did get stuck in. The quality of play and the physicality was extraordinary. It's on a par with the South African national team about 10 years ago. It's just but just so physically strong and wanting it. It is very impressive rugby. But I have to say, Lines played absolutely splendidly, you know, the first 12 minutes before losing the, the momentum. But they, they, uh, before the Les Rochelais, you know, decided to, to wake up and show some tenacity and characters. And uh, wow, what a, what a wonderful, what a wonderful match to watch. What was the highlight from you, from this game? Well, I, I, you know me, I hate being negative, but the red card in the penultimate minute for Ala Alatoa was such a turner because we have seen with Ireland and the Irish teams, including Munster, where Ronan Agara played, these ends of matches where they have a huge amount of camping out on the opponent's line. And in phase 86, 10 minutes after the Hooter, they finally get it back to Ronan to drop a goal or they snatch victory at the end. And I really felt that was what was happening because they had been on the line and they were going through the phases and they just panicked. And so Alatoa dived into the ruck and hurt, hurt someone. So the referee had a look and said, okay, that's a red card. So the chances of nicking a try in the last minute went out the window then because when you're a man down and penalty going the other way. They can't help thinking, why on earth didn't they pull it back and drop a drop goal? There's only a point difference. There's only a point difference. Anything would have won it. But I suppose when you're backing yourself to score a try, you're backing yourself. And drop goals don't always go over. So that, that was my interesting part. And I was so excited, jumping up and down anyway. So it's the most recent part of the, <laughs> the strongest memory. You know, your comments that you just made, you know, is something I read a lot on Twitter. People were saying, why didn't they go for a drop goal? But probably, oh, I... you know, in this uh, high pressure environment, unless you are there, you know, you, it's difficult to, yeah, it's, it's easy to look in hindsight. But when you are in the heat of the moment, you know, you have to do what you have to do. In terms of players, I have to say the, the man of the match, Gregory Adrit, was absolutely phenomenal alongside Hastoy as well, who scored perfectly his, his, his try, but left at halftime 
with a injured ankle. So hopefully it won't be too bad because I was hoping that he might have been selected maybe by the French um, team. Last time he played with Les Bleus was in 2021 when they lost again to Scotland. But he's no. definitely you know, one, a, a wonderful player. And Will Skelton had a brilliant game and it's strongly suspected that the Australian coach, a friend of yours, Mr Jones, can't help but notice him. Although he's wonderfully unpredictable in his selections and doesn't always take the best players. But Will Skelton was a rugby god at the weekend. Yes. Well, for our French sake, I hope he won't be <laughs> he won't be selected. Uh, Will Skelton because he's a he's a fabulous player. Indeed, indeed. So you know what? I'm going to ask you a quick question, a little bit of a quiz. Oh, good. So, what does Rochelle have in common with Saracens? Is oh, if it's not Will Skelton. Not running a car. It's or is it the number of the done back-to-back victories? No, I think Toulouse have done back-to-back victories as well. That's twice winners. That's all I can think of. Not far, not far. So basically, Saracen won twice mm-hmm. uh, back-to-back on in 2016 in Lyon. 2017 Edinburgh, I know, because I was there at those <laughs> final. And, and Rochelle last year, they won the Cup in Marseille and this year in Ireland, in Dublin. And it was a very, very emotional moment for Rog Ronan O'Gara mm-hmm. because his mother, who hasn't been very, very well lately, you know, was able to, to watch the game. And after the game, you know, he took her on the pitch and it was, yes, very, very moving. Very lovely. Um, I, I heard that all the La Rochelle players have been told to take something in to the ground that was very dear to them, very precious, so that they could play that. And Ronan brought his mum, <laughs> which, which is a lovely, lovely son. She'll be very proud of him. You know, so the heart speaks to the mind and the mind speaks to the heart. So when um, there's a link, you know, you're more likely to, to win. I mean, if you... Think about how far they were, you know. I mean, three tries to none after 12 minutes. Yeah. It would have been easy to have a, a breakdown. And, and and for me, I have to say the last five minutes, I have to raise my hand, I have to be very honest. I just couldn't watch the, the game. <laughs> I just, so I was walking <laughs> between my living room and my kitchen. I thought, oh. I just can't. Because they were so, so close, you know. I didn't think, I thought that Leinster would have scored, you know, the final. But, oh, I, That's I was... the sign of a good game. It's fantastic. It, I, I could hardly watch either. It's it certainly not sitting down. I don't think anyone could sit down doing, doing that. You no, know, that was, uh, yeah. So, and again, kudos to the wonderful, wonderful Yellow Army, Yellow and Black yeah. Army, the 16 men. They were so passionate. They were there. We could hear them. Uh, Leinster, of course, they, they were in very large numbers, but towards the end of you see them. It became, it became quieter and quieter and quieter. Yeah. At the reception that La Rochelle team got back in La Rochelle, it's absolutely phenomenal. It's only a small town with about 30,000 people, and it's all based around a port. And so there's lots of people accidentally or deliberately getting into the water 
the crowds and uh, the whole town came out for them. And half the town seems to be waiting at the airport at 3.30 in the morning to, to welcome them back. So, so that well, is correct. Well done, yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah, they came back at four o'clock, according to my sources. <laughs> and uh, yes, and uh, on, on Sunday, they went on the double-decker bus and, you know, where they were drinking champagne, smoking cigars, being full. <laughs> <laughs> and kudos to a former Saracens player who was a medical joker for, for La Rochelle in the last few months. It's uh, Hayden Thompson Stringer who had oh, okay. also who benefited from a, from a, from a battle because it was part of La Rochelle. So I'm hoping that Thompson Stringer can stay uh, with La Rochelle for next season. But altogether, a wonderful game. I wish I would have been there. I could have been there. But hey, you know, c'est la vie, c'est la vie. Oh, okay. Well, hats hats off for La Rochelle. Tries from Dante, Soutani and Colombe in the same second after Leinster started the match so amazingly with Sheehan, O'Brien and Sheehan again. 6-27. Couldn't be closer. Well done both teams really in my opinion it was one of the best yeah. final in the champion cup that i have ever had the chance to 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 watch but certainly i think it showed uh, the other unions how good club rugby can be and they should learn mm-hmm. okay so let's talk about la petite cup La Challenge Cup. Oh, so proud, so proud that it's French again. Oh, encore, encore une fois. Are you saying maybe that uh, the top 14 is giving birth to some very, very strong teams? Indeed. This year, 2023, the Champions Cup, Stade, Stade Rochelet, Challenge Cup, Toulon. So two French teams. Last year, Champions Cup, Stade Rochelet, Challenge Cup, Lyon. I noticed you didn't jump in there with immediate knowledge. And the previous year was all French as well, with Monsieur Tony O'Bridge, Antoine Dupont and the Stade Toulousain winning the Champions Cup. And the Challenge Cup was won by Montpellier. So three years, a French double. And in Champions Cup, a Stade, Roche, Stade Rochelet double. But anyway, no, I mustn't take it away from Toulon. They had a very well-deserved victory Glasgow bottled it a bit, didn't they? And it wasn't the best day out from Glasgow. But nonetheless, hats off to Toulon. Who were the stars of Toulon? Oh, for me, they were two of course. Sergio Paris, uh, 39 years old. Probably one of his last game of his career because he hasn't been selected for the Azzurri, unfortunately. Oh, he right. won't be part of the 43 unless, unless a miracle happened. And Mathieu Bastaro, who oh. said, Basta, that's it. I'm <laughs> retiring. There's only so much <laughs> my body can take. But wonderful, wonderful cool for, for Mathieu Bastaro because he, he won the Grand Slam in 2010. He won the European Cup with uh, the likes of Wilkinson and the others, yeah. Bastinaris in 2013, 2014, and 2015. And he won three times Le Brenus as well. Yeah. 
And finally, La Challenge Cup. So, wow, it's, it's going to be extremely emotional for Mathieu Bastaro. Oh, indeed. They, they are playing at home their last match of the season. So I think half the match will be spent applauding the, the levers, which is quite right, too. Definitely. Uh, don't don't jump ahead too much. So, so this was a match between Toulon and Glasgow. And at half time, it was 21-0 to Toulon. Yes. And it, actually, in the end, the score was 43-19. But that flatters Glasgow because mm-hmm. 11 minutes from the end, it was something like 37-36. So, yeah, Glasgow were well and truly beaten. And the fact that they got a couple of tries at the end just flatters their score. It was a lovely victory. Cheslin Colby did well. He was in tears at the end with the emotion of it all. Olivon, the sometimes French captain, had a great game. Baptiste Serrain was as active as ever, but it was a mismatch. It was nice to have it as the opening match, but it's the, the lower shell. Leinster the following day showed you what rugby can really be like. Definitely. And yeah, the, the game on the Friday evening was more a come-see, come-sell um, type of game. <laughs> but great to see uh, Bastaro and, and uh, Sergio Paris playing their last European game. And let's not forget there were some players from Glasgow as well who were hanging up their boots as well you know, from that team. So... All the best to them. Yeah, indeed. It's onwards and upwards. They will learn, they'll go forward and come back. It's not all good news this weekend, though, Veronique. Your chouchou from Le Breton, from Vannes, came second in their semi-final of the Pro Day against Oyonnax, 26-21. It was valiant. The lead changed. It was being, you know, you score a try, I'll score a try, you score a try, I'll score a try. It's pretty close to the end, but Oyonnax, like the rest of the season, were head and shoulders above everyone else and are through to the final on Saturday. And in the other semi-final, Grenoble spanked mont and so the final on Saturday night at the Stade Ernest Vallant will be Oyonnax against Grenoble. And listeners, don't be wor- don't worry, I have my ticket. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, I mean, very well done to Oyonnax. A massive, massive kudos as well for my team, Van, because it was very, very close at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, the, the score was 21 to 26. Uh, yeah, three tries all. Yeah. Uh, it was so, well caught. It could have it could have happened, but I know Oyona has been playing wonderfully well from the beginning of season. Van didn't start so well, but since February they haven't lost any single game. So yeah, there was still a hope. Indeed. But, uh, getting there, getting there slowly, and uh, it's it's encouraging for them to to be playing, you know, the the semi final. Yeah. So my guess is that Oyona would probably be back. In the top 14, unless Grenoble surprises us. Yeah. Well, the winner of the final on Saturday night goes through to the top 14, and the loser then plays a game against the 13th team of the top 14. So they get another chance. So I think either way, Oyonnax are likely to be through. 
But I'll, we'll see. I'll tell you on Saturday night. Can you guess what time that game is on Saturday night? Uh... <laughs> it's 9 p.m. It's it, just to annoy me. But luckily, it's a bank holiday weekend. Because, oh, yes, of course. Because all the all the top 14 games are at 9 p.m. on Sunday night. Because it's the last day, of, last set of matches of the season, and they all play concurrently. Mm-hmm. And so that's Sunday night at 9 p.m., but it's okay because it's a bank holiday the next day. Shall I take you through how the top 14 is looking and what's in play? Oh, yes. Tell me more about the exciting bits of the top 14. Okay, well, let me start with the least. <laughs> if you can. I'd, I'd be delighted to, but let me start with the least <laughs> exciting one. Is the one that I'm going to is Toulouse against Brive. Um, yes, Toulouse well. are guaranteed through to the semi-final, and Brive yes. are guaranteed down. So mm. there's nothing to play for in that game. No, but it's, be fun. it's a one song, you know, for Brive to the top 14. Yes, chance to applaud them off. So Toulouse and La Rochelle go straight to the semi-finals. There, there are three teams who are guaranteed to be in the playoffs: Racing '92, Stade Français, and Union Bordeaux Bègles. Mm-hmm. Uh, so their fight now is for home advantage or favoured opposition. So they do have something to play for still. So there's a final playoff slot, and that could be Lyon or Bayonne, my Shushu team with Toulon with a bit of an outside chance if everything goes their way and Bayonne win against Lyon with no bonus points. So so Toulon mathematically could get the sixth place, but unlikely. And then at the other end, there's Pau and Perpignan fighting to avoid the 13th place, which will give them the relegation. But Tom, I have to say, it really doesn't matter too much now that that Toulon is ranked eight because they won the Challenge Cup, so therefore they're automatically allowed to play in the Champions Cup next year. Yes, they're through to Europe. Uh, yeah, that's good news. But it's whether they want to keep this season alive. If they can finish sixth, they're then in the playoffs and could end up getting the double. Don't know mm-hmm. if that's happened before the Challenge Cup winner winning the top 14, because you have had the Champions Cup winner winning the top 14 mm-hmm. in the same year. So let me tell you what the matches are. Yes. The told you that Toulon are home to Brive. Toulouse are home to Brive. Yes. Toulon are home to Bordeaux-Bergle, who are ahead of them in the table. So that will be a tough match. And Toulon, you'd expect to be a bit tired after their fantastic final. But I think they will be fighting in the hope of getting through, and they'll be watching the scores of the other matches very closely. Like mm-hmm. they do. We have Pau against Montpellier. There's not that much in that game, although if Pau are anxious to stay clear of the relegation, so they they to keep it within their hands, they should they would want to win. Lyon against Bayonne is the biggest match. It's number six against number seven. Only one of those two could go through, and if it ends up badly, then Toulon could overtake them. It's like it's like it's like the end of a Formula One where there can be a fight and somebody else comes through. But Lyon at home to Bayonne, in normal days, you'd say that's going to be tough for Bayonne because playing away from home, they haven't been strong. But their desire is so magnificent mm-hmm. that it will be a fun one to watch. La Rochelle against Stade Francais, they are neighbours, but there's nothing to play for. La Rochelle might hope to finish above Toulouse if they think Toulouse might lose to Brive to get a better opposition in the semi-finals. Clermont against Racing 92. 
Clermont are playing for nothing. They don't really have a hope of getting into Europe either. So Racing 92 are likely to consolidate their position. They're already fourth. They're unlikely to go down from that. And then Castres and Perpignan. It's essential for Perpignan to win. Castres haven't been that good recently, so Perpignan might win, but they've got to win very well and have luck on their sides to avoid the relegation battle. So that is why Sunday night is going to be a late one, and I'm thoroughly looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Latest news, you know, regarding Mathieu Bastaro will retire officially. Is that he's going to be part of the uh, Toulon staff? Uh-huh. You see the young players coming into the team and they say, I can't believe I'm playing with Mathieu Bastaro teaching me things. I spent the last 15 years as, as a kid looking up to him hmm. and wishing I could play something like him. So it's, gr- it's great to have the, these old Galacticos alongside the youngsters. Definitely. So, Tom, I'm still recovering from that amazing, (laughs) (laughs) amazing rugby weekend, strongly tinted with bleu, blanc, rouge. The French were fantastic. It was wonderful rugby, thoroughly enjoyable, and a lesson to the world rugby how how good club rugby can be. So they really did us did Europe proud. Definitely. So next week will be the last round of the top fourteen, round twenty six before les barrages. Then the semi-finals, and then the final. Exactly. So so stay excited. There's lots to play for still. And we'll be here talking about it for another few weeks at least. And? And listeners, a favour to ask. Please can you help support French Rugby Connections by liking us, by leaving a review on wherever you get your podcast from, for involving your friends and publishing us, retweeting us and sharing on all your social media because it helps other people to find us and it helps keep the show on the road. So have a lovely weekend. It's great to speak about it again. Veronique, au revoir. Oui. Au revoir. La pendule fait tic tac tic tic. Les oiseaux du lac pic pac pic pic. Glou 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 font tous les dindons. Et la jolie cloche ding ding dong. Mais boum, quand notre cœur fait boum. Avec lui dit boum et c'est l'amour qui s'éveille